San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, everybody. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. All these podcasts can be heard on iymoney.com, commercial-free, and we uh, stream live on 760-KFMB, and we're free on iTunes if you search the title of the show. And now time to introduce the name and the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's a marathon runner. He's an accomplished um, best-selling author, lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? I'm okay, Joe, but I'm, I'm in baseball withdrawals <laughs> because the baseball season is over. And, I'm and, and of course, it's my, it's my favorite sport. I know all my Charger fan friends, they're in football season withdrawals. They're in depression. They're in depression. <laughs> In fact, they're offering to you know pay for the moving vans to ship them up to Carson, but but you know there are two great football teams here in town. One would be the San Diego State Aztecs, the other would be the University of San Diego Toreros. Okay. And college basketball is about to start, so that may snap me out of my baseball. Did depression. you go to Did you go to many USD games when you were there? Uh, yeah, basketball games. Basketball mostly. Yeah, basketball mostly. San Diego State Aztecs should be loaded in basketball again, but you know what? The Aztecs are loaded in football this year. Hmm. Leading the West Division of the Mountain West Conference. Thus far, well, when yeah. by the time the show's here, we don't know what the record will be, but they're, they're doing, still going to be in first place. They're doing pretty darn well, aren't yeah, they? Still going to be in first place, guaranteed. <laughs> so anyway, we've got a pretty cool guest. Uh, he's a returning guest of our show, and he and uh, and a, full disclosure, he's a sponsor, so he likes what we do. We like what he does. His name is Paul Hines with El- Ending Elder Financial Abuse and Hearthstone Inc. And welcome, Paul. Thank you, Joe. It's nice to be referred to as pretty cool. I'll tell you. <laughs> My kids may not agree with you, but I like I like it. And well, and I'll obviously, take it. obviously, very competent in this field as well. But Richard, but Paul, were you rooting yeah. for anybody in the World Series, or did you not care? I did not really care. I'm a baseball fan, just like you are. I just love watching the game. I wanted to see the series go a little bit longer. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty exciting the way. Yeah, it ended. we all did, except Terry Collins didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, Murphy didn't either. So. <laughs> Joe, they wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for Daniel Murphy. That's okay, for sure. you got to look at it that way. You know, look, I think it was going to be the Royals' year. They lost in the seventh yeah, game last they were, year. They were driven. They, ha- so they were on a mission. I'm kind of glad the Cubs didn't have to go through this. So. Uh, it's just hard for me to watch Edison Volquez star for other teams when our pitching coach couldn't quite figure out how to help the guy. And Chris Johnson, too. Or was uh, Chris it? Young. Or Chris Young, I mean. He yeah, was, uh, I was glad to see him win because, you know, he had so many injuries. Back got, injuries. Back he got, surgeries. Well, no, he got beaned by a line drive at, on the Petco Mound from Albert Pujols. And he's then the he big guy, right? He's, he's yeah, the one, 6'10". 6'10", yeah. Princeton and, grad. But, uh, so I was happy for him. I think he's had back surgery also. Correct, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, That's good for him. Uh, we always let the, the, the good players go. Look at Gonzalez, how he kills us with the Dodgers. It, it, just, it just really burns me. Yeah, up. plus it was fun watching Anthony Rizzo driving 100 runs for the Cubs this year. Yeah. And of course, USD's Chris Bryant's on there, and you're the batting three and four on that team. Yeah, I, it's I pretty hope, cool I stuff. Hope, 
Vegas has already installed the Cubs as the favorite to win the World Series next year, but uh, that may be the kids to death, too. And, so and, and their manager, Joe Madden, is from my mom's hometown of Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Is that right? Yeah. He is a really funky guy. He, he He's drives, funny. He drives a, uh, you know, all the players have these, you know, late model cars, and he drives his 1976 moving van mm-hmm. uh, and parks it next to these guys. So he's just a, char- he's a character. But enough about baseball. Yes. What Since you- college basketball starting, I'm over <laughs> baseball. Paul Hines, let's do a radio show. What do you say? Yeah, college basketball kicks off next week. Yeah, it does. It's cool stuff. Aztec's looking pretty decent. I think Matt Shrigley, if he can get healthy, that would help. That was an unfortunate injury. You know, yep. ho- hockey's catching on you. These gulls are doing pretty well, too. They're packing the place. They're not, they're not over. They're charging a very modest price. You know, so. I was just at the sports arena before I get to Paul. You mm-hmm. know why I was there? Why? I took my wife to the Madonna concert. It oh, was incredible. You went to that? It was. She played for almost three hours. Is that She's right? She's my age. We were born in the same year. And this girl doesn't stop moving. And she had acrobats and people flying through the air. And it's, it's not a rock concert. It's like a performance art yeah, event. It's, it's incredible. It's like Cirque du Soleil meets, uh, meets a musical artist. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, she, Madonna is unbelievable. Well, she's, she, she's, she's my about, new hero. She's about 16 years old herself now, right? She was born in 58. She's two months younger than me. She's 57. Isn't that well, unbelievable? I, well, I know she, she takes good care of herself. She works out, you know. And, yeah. um, but, and, the, I mean, if you can ever go to a Madonna concert, even if you don't like her music, go. Oh, I don't know who. Do, I mean, there's very few people who don't like her music. Oh, I love her music, but you know, the point is, it's just an amazing, three amazing hours. Honest to God, no, she must. The have thing t- finished at midnight. No, no pauses, no breaks. No, I mean, they're even be- when she's changing costume, the acrobats and the people flying through the air, and the, <laughs> the, they're still going on. It's incredible. Well, that's that's cool. I, you know, I've. I'd, I, I, I might have gone to that if I had known. I just, you know, and didn't. I didn't know this, but her real name is Madonna. Her it mother is. was Madonna. Madonna Ciccone. So she's the little noni. The Speaking of, you know, her mother passed when, uh, you know, when she was a very young girl. Breast cancer. And um, yeah. and then Madonna actually, you know, filled, fulfilled the role of being the mother when she was like 12 or 13, right. as a teenager to help raise the family. So just an amazing success story. And then, of course, goes to New York with like 19 bucks in her pocket and yeah. uh, the rest is history. So Paul Hines, Madonna is estimated to be worth $800 million. How should she invest her money? <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like a perfect segue into the longevity discussion. Yeah, People absolutely. living longer, performing longer. Mm-hmm. I wonder when she'll start her first of 50 farewell tours. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> I hope not for a long time. So. Exactly. She'll have, she'll have Cher as her opening act. <laughs> I remember seeing Madonna 25 years ago. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Here? I think her first tour was in 83. In L.A. at yeah. the uh, sports arena. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, incredible. It's a great great show then and a great show now. But, well, Paul, um, you have a new website. I know we've talked about the ending financial abuse. It's now SeniorSafeAndSound.org, correct? Right. right. Do, doing the same thing? or is it Same s- thing, just education, disseminating information, trying to raise awareness and help people uh, make better decisions. What are the like the top three scams out there uh, these days? What what people should be uh, on the alert for? Particularly seniors. Yeah. yeah. Well, right now there, there's a uh, there's a rash of telephone calls coming from people claiming to be from the IRS, mm. and they're they're very threatening phone calls. And just so people know, the IRS never calls anybody. Right. They, they never. Don't, they don't have any dimes calls. in their budget. And not too many people call them either. <laughs> also, the IRS never... When you do call, you, you'd imagine yeah. that the phones aren't working because they never answer. But... Right. And by the way, the IRS never emails you either, ever. Right. So that's, that's a big one. And the calls are very threatening, and they threaten all kinds of harm and damage and, and uh, 
legal problems. So it's something, just ignore them, delete them. You know, I did hear something. They actually are threatening. They're, they're saying your family members are in danger and you have to send money. To, uh, they're blackmailing people that way. And, right. And most of these people are uh, the, the perpetrators or the, uh, the bad guys are most likely in another country, right? Absolutely. Unfortunately, they're out of the reach of our law enforcement agencies here, mm-hmm. and, and they're just uh, they're preying on, on seniors as well as other people, and it's a, it's a very scary situation. The other scam that's very prominent, it's been around for a long time, is the grandma scam. Which is? You get, someone gets a phone call, and an elderly person picks up the phone, and the person on the other end of the line says, Grandma? Oh. Hopefully soliciting the name, and the, and the grandma will say, Is that you, Matt? Mm. And they'll go, yes, that's me. And then they'll put themselves in this, they'll try to paint a picture of them being in big trouble in some other country. And you have to send me some money so I can get out of this trouble. And please don't tell anybody. So, and it happens all the time. So well, happen- be, uh, be yeah. aware of those those scams. Well, it happened to your dad, right? I mean, Yeah, he you? got taken in by the lottery scam. And that's the other one I was want to talk about. If you ever get an email or a letter in the mail saying that you won a lottery from a foreign country, just throw it away. You cannot win a lottery in a foreign country. They're illegal for U.S. residents to participate in. Mm-hmm. You will never, ever, ever win a foreign lottery. Unbelievable. So what percentage of incident, I mean, how many victims are you saying? Just, just take San Diego County alone. I mean, you're, you're still running into high numbers here, right? Yeah, there's the prosecutor for financial elder abuse here is as busy as can be. They they can't prosecute everything, unfortunately. So it's it's just it's a increasing crime. There's lots of it going on. It's an epidemic, and it really people just need to raise their awareness, and hopefully that'll help prevent some of these things. If you just know for sure that the IRS will not make phone calls, that'll eliminate that one right there. Well, if you know for sure you can't win a foreign lottery, then that'll eliminate that one. Well, my mother keeps throwing her cell phones away, so she's going to be okay. I've got to get a new phone well, for her every month. <laughs> Some people still have landlines. Okay, yeah, true. <laughs> it's true. true. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the IRS also announced this year that they've had more fraudulent income tax returns filed than ever before in history. Absolutely. And, you know, they were, they were breached by... Uh, you know, so, some kind of entity that got a mm-hmm. lot of information, and they used that to file fraudulent tax returns and claim big refunds. It, that actually happened to us. We got a letter from the IRS saying that we need to verify that you filed your return, and we had not. Right. Hmm. So they, But we have to take our break right now. We'll, uh, All right. Re- reflect on those statements, folks. We'll be right back with Paul Hines right after these announcements. Hang on. All right, we are back with Paul Hines and that wonderful Get Smart music that Richard loves so much. Well, Chief, <laughs> would you believe? <laughs> would you had it by that much? We're going to put down the cone of silence and then continue with the show. <laughs> oh, this is going to be chaos. <laughs> exactly. Chaos, the International Organization of Evil. 99, get on it. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, so Paul Hines, you make your living by being president of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Is that correct? That's correct. What do you do there? Well, we're a financial planning firm and also investment management firm, and we're totally independent. We don't have products on the shelf, so we don't sell stuff to people. We just provide advice and um, help them make good, intelligent decisions. And do you work with a lot of younger people or a lot of older people or all kinds of age groups? All kinds of age group. Our oldest client is in her 90s. She just turned 93. Our youngest client was just recently born. Wow. So we have from cradle to to grave. Hmm. Wow. Uh, Working for infants. Majority of our clients are still, um, you know, probably 55 and over. So let's let's assume you're 55 or 60, which is sort of the age of everybody in this room except our amazing producer, Justin Hart. 
or soundboard gentleman, mm-hmm. Justin. We're going to live longer. I mean, not all of us individually, hopefully, but statistics would suggest we got a long ways to go, right? Absolutely. And when you talk about life expectancy, it is an average. So, for example, at 65, a male is expected to live on average to age 82 and female to age 85. But that, what that means is, on average, half of the people will predecease that age and half the people will live longer than mm-hmm. that age. So there is quite a chance that you're going to live longer than those numbers, which I think provides challenges for most people. Especially given how healthy we are. If you Especially to last week's show about the Oceanside Turkey Trot. Absolutely. If you participate in the Oceanside Turkey Trot, you can definitely add another year to that ex- life expectancy. There's no question. If, if not more. <laughs> so, so, so the increased longevity. That's a guarantee though, I'll sign up. Yeah, that's guaranteed. <laughs> but, but, you know, I know when Social Security came in with, say, a payout age at 65 many, many years ago, a lot of people didn't even make it to that age. Absolutely. You worked for 40 years and retired for 10. And that's what Social Security was based on. Now it's you work for 40 years, you might be retired for 20, 25, or even 30 years. It's yeah. quite, a, quite a change. Well, then how do you explain all these companies in the private sector? Just a lot of them have gotten rid of pensions. Some have not even, you know, I'll, I'll name one, GE, you know, stopped paying in in, in the, in the ni- late 1980s. So um, They've shifted the burden of the savings onto the employee. Into the individual. The 401K. Yeah. The 401K. Uh, mostly because the cost of funding for the retirement plans of, of old were just very prohibitive for a lot of the companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, they're making a healthy match to the four hundred one k's to help boost the savings of the of the average employee. But yeah, those, hopefully, but in many cases, they aren't. Those were you tip, the, weren't those uh, initially just meant for like the C level executives. Um, they weren't really meant for all the employees, but I guess somehow uh, it got out into the general population. But right, right. Um, so. You yeah, really, ERISA, you, non-discrimination. You have if to you've find heard of those things. Yeah, you have to find. That's why you got to get hold of Paul to find other ways to help uh, bolster your retirement plan, right, Paul? You have to be worried about <laughs> things like inflation. It, the longer you live, inflation is definitely a factor, and prices do re- increase. Uh, taxes are a problem. You know, anything you do, the government is your partner. Mm-hmm. They're going to take their fair share. If you're saving money in four hundred one k, and start taking money out, they're going to want their fair share. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need to plan to live longer. Uh, right now, we're using 95 as, as the uh, age that we're mm-hmm. planning for. I think that we're going to be extending that pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that provides complexity, and, and there's definitely th- some things you have to be aware of. You have to try to make your money last longer. For example, yeah, 95 is a long time. It is a long time. Some of the common mistakes people made, I think that they don't control their spending sometimes. Uh, consumption is a big issue. Taxes are a form of consumption, so is spending for other things, and what I advise people to do is separate their spending into needs, wants, and wishes, and know what those are. And if you need to cut, you cut from the wishes first, and then if you need to cut further, you cut from the wants, but you make sure that you have your needs covered. Another mistake we find is people, from an investment standpoint, they get conservative too early. For example, they might think, I'm retiring at age 65, I need to become conservative at age 65, mm-hmm. and that's not true if you have another 20, 25 years to go. Mm-hmm. And that can be a problem. So by conservative, you mean they tend to just be in cash and bonds as opposed to maybe having some allocation to stock market or the international? Right, exactly. So they, they're taking the money out of growth mm-hmm. and putting it into more conservative, more fixed income investments that don't protect from inflation. Um, and I think that can be a problem if you're going to live a long time. Yeah, because you just don't get growth. And inflation is predicted to continue. The question is how much or how little. Exactly. That's a big unknown. But it's not going to go away entirely, that's for sure. And then some people, when they're trying to take money from 
for income when they are retired, they don't know where to take it from first. Do they take it from their IRA? Do they take it from their Roth IRA? Do they take it from their other savings accounts? Hmm. And I think the, the method and the sequencing that you take your withdrawals is important as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, tell me what you think about this. I've, uh, we have this thing that we call the gap from 65 to 70. You have to start taking money out of your IRAs and qualified plans the year after you turn 70 and a half. But a lot of people retire at 65, and they're hesitant to touch the IRA money uh, because they want it to last a long time. However, I've noticed that a lot of taxpayers between the ages of 65 and 70, um, they're just sort of getting by, and so their marginal tax rate is very low. And so to the extent that they can take some money out of their retirement plan and tax it at 15% or even lower, it might help future taxation by reducing the IRA a little bit, even though, granted, it may not last as long. It reduces the future tax burden as those minimum distributions start getting higher and higher and higher when you get older and older and older. Yeah, I think every strategy should be individualized. Mm-hmm. So that would definitely be a strategy to consider. And that's uh, a very good observation by a very good CPA that you do want to take advantage of low tax rates. You might be able to do some converting from your IRA to a Roth. Yeah, I was going to ask, what about Roth IRAs? If, any, if you have an opportunity to put money into a Roth IRA or Roth 401k, I'd say definitely do it. I think it's great to have diversity of tax um, tax situations, mm-hmm. so you have many choices, not just the IRA and, and your non-IRA. If you add the Roth in there, you have a, a really great opportunity to, to do some good planning. Yeah, because, again, the Roth isn't deductible up front, but it's also... It's um, t- tax-free it's when ta- you take it out. It's also tax-free upon distribution. Right. And, 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 and if you have very... a large IRA, the mandatory required minimum distribution can can become very large, and it forces you into a very high tax bracket that you can't escape from. So there's definitely some planning opportunities there. Yeah, and I've seen that. You know, we've had some very successful companies here in town that um, would invest in company stock through through um, tax deferred plans, and you could see extreme buildup inside of those qualified plans three, four million dollars, even to the point where you have to pay an excise tax because you built it up to high, not on purpose. It was just right. good fortune. But those minimum distributions can be six figures a year, which right. almost drives people into the highest, mar- or, you know, into very high marginal rates by definition. Right. And you have no control over those. They're mandatory. They're required. And they have yeah. If you don't take them, what's the, what's the excise tax penalty? 50%. Yeah. 50%. 50%. Yeah. So if you're supposed to take a hundred grand and you don't, you give 50 grand to the government as a penalty. Right. And you still have to take out the hundred. Right. <laughs> yeah. And pay taxes. Yeah. <sighs> So, you know, when you do the marginal rates plus 50%, basically you gave everything to the government. Yeah. It's, um, and now that people are living longer, when you take your Social Security benefits is a real important decision. Um, some people don't realize that if you defer taking your Social Security benefits, the, the actual benefit level increases. Mm-hmm. Between age 66 and 70, it goes up by 8% per year. So if you can defer to age 70, it's another 32% mm-hmm. benefit that will... Uh, go on for the rest of your life. And if you're going to live a long, long time, that can certainly help. Yeah, I mean, eight, I mean, where do you get an 8% return these days anyway? If, if you can b- build that into your Social Security payout, it makes perfect sense to just defer until... Yeah, if you can. Again, you have to be look at the individual circumstances. If someone is in good health, that's a good decision. Mm-hmm. If they're not in good health, it may not be a good decision. Right. Mm-hmm. right. But yeah, 8% is significant. Absolutely. And then there are the other risks... It's, it's not common that people lose money to scams, but there are those scams out there, and there's lots of them, and people are creating new ones every day. It's, mm-hmm. 
Well, we're going to take a little break in about a minute, but uh, reverse mortgages, do you have any opinions on that? They're pushing these a lot. I actually I, wanted to ask about those after the break. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, because well, I, I definitely that, do have an opinion. I think okay, that's more good. than a 30-second discussion yeah. because I want to talk about annuities, too. Yeah. Reverse mortgages and annuities, two of my yeah. favorite topics. Well, we'll come. We'll take a little break. We'll be back with Paul Hines with Hearthstone Inc. Right Hearthstone after, Inc. Hearthstone Inc. Private Wealth Management right after these announcements. All right, we're back with the second half of the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard thanks our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors, UBS, Michael Carancha, and Drew Friedis. Also, a big thank you to UBS for being the title sponsor of Art San Diego. Great event last weekend here in San Diego with some of the best artists and art you will ever lay your eyes upon. Also, big thank you to our CPAs, Plato Epic CPAs, up in Vista, Don Epic and Paul Polito. Paul Polito, of course, was a recent... Advisor of the Year Award winner from ACG and the Rady School of Management at that big event. Um, also, Shepard Mullen, my good friend Bob Copeland, Shepard Mullen, the law firm, was also one of those sponsors. So big hats off to Paul Polito for being one of the advisors of the year. And they're going to come on radio and talk about that, I think, in either December or January. It's cool stuff. Our other favorite CPA, Jason Kruger CPA with Signature Analytics. Signature Analytics is a really cool CFO company that helps businesses that need CFO-type services. They do a great job, and they've got five offices across the West Coast. Carl Sheeler with Berkeley Research Group. Also check out Carl's new book from John Wiley & Sons. Berkeley Research Group is the best business valuation firm I've ever met. And they help business owners identify the risks that drive the value of the business. And by reducing those risks, you can increase value. Also, Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Joel and Carl help people make money. You may want to protect that money, protect those assets, do some estate planning. If so, how about Brenda Geiger? With the Geiger Law Office, Brenda specializes in estate planning and asset protection. California Republic Bank with Lane Elliott and Sean Puckett, an Orange County-based specialized bank that now has a branch in UTC. And California Republic Bank works with very wealthy families and family offices, helping them with their very unique banking needs. Neil Staley, Hub International also known as Mars Maddox Insurance, an absolutely great employee benefits firm. Really cool and interesting topic right now just because of open enrollment with so many healthcare plans. The LG Group and the Lombardi Group, I should say the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPAs' very best clients. Yes, coming up here in a couple of weeks, Women's Professional Tennis coming back to... Carlsbad at the lovely Park Hyatt Aviar. Check out cldclassic.com. And last but certainly not least, and of course, our guest this evening, Mr. Paul Hines, who heads up Hearthstone Private Wealth Management and, of course, seniorsafeandsound.org. Paul's website is Hearthstone Inc. That's I N C dot com. And a big thank you to Courtney Lobert, Topics Graphics, for keeping track of all of these great sponsors on our website and in other places. 
if people go to our website, Joe, they can find out lots of cool things about our sponsors, right? Yes, all I have to do is go over to iymoney.com and get their cursor on the sponsor tab. There's a drop-down menu there, and they can click on any one or all of them, and their contact information and their professional history is there. And I know they've been working with you for many years with great success. Some dating back to around 1983 when Madonna did her first concert. <laughs> Turn of the century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost. We used to use things like paper and stamps and fax machines back then. <laughs> but, Paul, speaking of... Financial planning before Speaking the break. Of tennis, I'm a huge tennis fan. I'm so glad are. we have the tournament back in San Diego. Yeah, it's been a lot of work. It's been yeah. cool stuff. And we, got big, we got a big gala that evening, um, November 22. Yeah, I know you're attending, and a lot of other people. It should be a lot of fun. Reverse before, mortgages, Richard. Right? Reverse mortgages. We brought up before the break, Paul. What, what's your opinion? Because I know you see famous people like Fred Thompson touting them on TV. Who and just, the Fonz. The late, the late Fred Thompson. The yeah, late, late Fred Thompson. Yeah, mm-hmm. who I sat next to at the 1984 National League Championship Series where the Padres beat the Cubs. Isn't that something? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And the Fonz is pushing. Isn't that something? Yeah. <laughs> Henry Winkler. <laughs> so fortunately, the, the cost of reverse mortgages, which used to be exorbitant, has come down quite a bit. So it is making them more attractive. And I think we're finding that financial planners are using them in cases where they are needed and necessary mm-hmm. and if someone's sitting on all that equity and they're sacrificing their lifestyle but they could use that equity to um, augment their income then they probably should consider that it's kind of like a last resort wouldn't you say that? i mean you, i would say so yeah most people want to have their home that they can live in for the rest of their life which you still can with a reverse mortgage but they also want to leave a legacy for their family mm-hmm. um, typically the family home is considered part of that legacy but i think most people would think that they should use the assets for their lifestyle for their life if they need it mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I've sacrifice. seen situations where it works. I think they were definitely oversold in the old days. Yes, they have they have been, and they were much more expensive than they are now. Mm-hmm. So it's, so it's, essentially you get a loan on your equity, and then when you pass, and you must stay in your home until you pass, right? You, you can't must move. stay in your home to keep the, keep the loan. Now, what if, you, what if you want to sell your home? You, you, you can, you're free to sell your home. It's you're a also mortgage. Free. I mean, you pay it off. Yeah, you can sell the home and then pay off the mortgage, and if there's equity left over, then you get to keep that equity. Okay. You can also move, and once once you move, then they will call the loan. Mm-hmm. Call the loan. Okay. So basically, um, it's a loan against your equity in your home, right? I mean, and you don't have to pay interest on the loan, so you're not making any payments of principal and interest. So it actually is is true cash flow enhancement, and that definitely does help some people. And I do look at it as really a last resort in most cases. Um, if there are other assets, they probably would want to use those first. Is it a lump sum loan or is it over it, it can be designed a couple of different ways. You can get a lump sum. You can get um, a series of payments. It can also be designed as a equity line of credit hmm. that you tap into when, when needed. Yeah, where, where I've seen it almost as something that has to be used is when somebody has had to spend assets down because they have, um, and this will get us to our next topic, rather expensive long-term care costs, but they are desirous yeah. of remaining in their home. And, and the financial assets tend to get spent down and down, and you can't qualify for Medi-Cal or something like that, right. then I think the reverse mortgage actually makes sense as a last resort to keep somebody where they want to be for as long as you can possibly keep them there. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there also is another alternative called a charitable gift annuity. Mm-hmm. Um, if you consider that, if you have a reverse mortgage, you're probably going to lose most of the equity in your home if you live long enough. If you live long enough, yeah. Another alternative would be to gift the home to a charity. The charity would allow you to live in it, but they would also give you a stream of income in exchange for that gift. Hmm. Yeah, and that makes even more sense, I think, when there aren't any children. Right. Well, that's um, kind of a, and, and you do want to benefit a, well a charity. That's not a well-publicized thing, so that's good to know. Right, because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of uh, high fees and commissions in that, so. mm-hmm. right. <laughs> so, which there are. And some, some of the reverse mortgages are more expensive than others. Uh, just be cautious which company that you look for and hmm. um, do your homework. 
yeah. on that. So, Paul, I alluded to long-term care. People are going to live longer. I know it's very expensive when people have significant health issues later in life. Um, are you, are you see, do you feel that long-term care insurance is still underutilized? You know, I'd, I'm not sure I would say it's underutilized. It has become very expensive. The experience that insurance companies have had with real-life uh, insureds is mm-hmm. that it, it is costly. And if you live long enough, you're going to need the help. Mm-hmm. So it's so, a type of insurance that... So if, me- Medicare doesn't cover this. Med- Medicare does not cover long-term care. It just covers nursing home care and medical care in a, in a hospital. Hmm. So if you're in your home and you need assistance, Medicare does not cover that. Mm-hmm. So that's something that most people don't know. Okay. Um, so you need to cover those expenses elsewhere, and long-term care insurance is one of the ways to do that. It is very expensive, but if you do need the care at some point in time, you, you'll be happy that you had the insurance. I've seen where some companies are now combining a death benefit with that. Is that right? Yes, there is a, a hybrid way to approach this where it has life insurance combined with long-term care, so at least your estate will get something. If you never use the long-term care insurance, your state will get a death benefit. If you do use the long-term care insurance, it reduces the death benefit, mm-hmm. but you're taking it while you're alive and using it, using the benefits now. Now, if you get in a situation, let's say in a coma-like state, I just heard a report uh, the other day, Richard, uh, it's $900 a day. They put you in mm-hmm. these, um, uh, on a trach and a feeding tube and they can, there was one lady there in a coma, never left her bed for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't put DNR on your designate that yourself, um, does the is are they obligated to keep you alive that way? Well, that, that's the importance of having health care directives, right? Um, so you know, c- people think of the living trust and the will, but there's other things that go along. Yeah. Out, you know, financial power of attorney, a health care directive. We can have Brenda Geiger speak more right. on that. She would be an expert yeah. on that, but definitely you need to have that. And also a document that's available here in California is called a post. It's a, phys- a physician's order, and mm-hmm. the physician's order. You put it right on your refrigerator because if e- if the uh, EMTs come to your home on a nine one one call, mm. they're not going to stop. They're going right. to take care of take care of what they have to take care of. But if there's a post order, they will stop. Huh. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Good stuff. But yeah. um, and then one of my favorite topics. It's been one of my favorite topics for the last thirty years. It's um, if you could fit it into four letters, I would call it generally a four letter word. That would be annuities. Yeah, but we we'll talk to, about that after. Yeah, the break. we got to take a break right now. I'll be back with Paul Heinz from Hearthstone Private Private Wealth Management right after this. Hang on. <laughs> All right, we're back in the home stretch with Paul Heinz, President, CEO, Founder of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management up there in Del Mar, right, Paul? Yes, right on. High Bluff Drive. There you go. What's your phone number and website again, please? Phone number is 858-792-9122, and and the website is Hearthstone, H-E-A-R-T-H-S-T-O-N-E, Inc., I-N-C, dot com. Perfect. Good stuff. So I was was referring to annuities as a sometimes four-letter word. Why might I say that? Well, you, you also said that it's one of your favorite topics. You have a very eclectic mix of favorite topics. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's my favorite topic because there's actually, I think, a couple of good uses for them. But I think most of the, if you look at the history of sales of annuities in this country, I would argue that well over half of them have been abusive. I would argue. I, I would probably argue even more than that. Yeah, but I'm being generous. Yes, you are being generous. Yeah. The, uh, the truth of the matter is annuities are, number one, they're very confusing to most people. Number two, they are very expensive, and they typically come along with very high commissions to the salesperson. So they are typically sold, not purchased. Most people don't go out looking for annuities. Mm -hmm. Someone comes to them and offers the idea. Hmm. And another case where, because it is an insurance product, they can use the term guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And that uh, lulls a lot of people into a false sense of security, because there are some definite issues with some annuities that uh, most people don't realize. 
Yeah, and one of the issues with annuities is that let's assume you, you want to get out of it in the third or fourth year. Um, you're, and, you're locked in. You're locked in. I 10 saw, years. I saw I mean, one that one person was considering purchasing that had a, uh, had charges if you get out any time within the first 16 years. 16 years. And she was 65 years old. Wow. Uh, that's really tying things up for a long period of time. Yeah. Well, what's the wrap? I mean, you, you buy an annuity for a set length of time, and you're supposed to get some kind of return on that? or and uh, they're, they're usually designed in a couple of different ways. They can have a fixed return. That's called a fixed annuity, and the insurance company determines the fixed rate. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, the insurance company has to make money too, and they have they have responsibility to shareholders. So they will typically fix that rate at some rate that's perhaps below the market rate, mm-hmm. but it, it's guaranteed, so that it comes along with the, those guarantees. Another type of annuity is called a variable annuity. A variable annuity, the money is invested inside the annuity contract, but in investment funds like mutual funds, stock funds, bond funds, and that's therefore the return is variable. Mm-hmm. So you can't predict exactly what the return is going to be. It'll just be what whatever the market return mm-hmm. is. And those annuities can lose money as well. And those annuities, tip, a variable annuity comes with a death benefit guarantee that says that you'll at least get what you started with back if the market pr- price is below what your starting amount was when, when you do pass <laughs> away. But, of course, when you pass away, it doesn't mean you get the money. Someone else gets the money. Gotcha. Yeah, and then it, there's it's, no- just, it's just tough for people of a certain age and above to lock money up for that long. It is. And and that's, I think, that's where I think a lot of the annuities that have been sold have been abusive. I don't think the consumer knew that or understood that. They don't. And there's a third way called the index annuity where they uh, peg the return to a return on a certain index. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are the most confusing things. You know, I, I read those contracts and I'm, I'm pretty well versed in reading contracts and they are very, very confusing to figure out how they, how they calculate the actual return. Right up there with derivatives, huh? Yeah, it actually <laughs> includes derivatives oh, in, in the contract. So, But I, I joke when I do seminars, I say there's one thing that you know for certain about annuities and that's that the insurance company always makes money. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but on the plus side, there is an advantage to pooling risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people will live an extra long time and some people don't and therefore the people who pass away early, subsidize the longer life, the people who live longer. So that's mm-hmm. the original concept of annuities, which does make sense. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, there's a new concept of longevity annuities, where the annuity doesn't actually kick into place until you turn age 80 or 85. The cost of those is very low because you're putting mm-hmm. off the benefits for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it is a way to insure against uh, you know the cost of living for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So there might be some some use of that type of annuity in financial planning. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of annuities, I know there's been some changes recently in Social Security law. Is that correct? Yeah. The, in the bill that was just signed Monday, the uh, the budget bill that was signed by President Obama on Monday, a few changes in, in the way you can take your benefits. There was a strategy that was fairly popular where one spouse would file for Social Security and then suspend their benefits. Mm-hmm. And during the suspension period, your benefit continues to grow. The spouse would then apply for a spousal benefit which is 50% of the of the other spouse's benefit and she would start receive he or she would start receiving that benefit right away the advantage was the deferral for one spouse so the the benefits grow mm-hmm. and and a higher than what what would otherwise be benefit for the other spouse mm-hmm. that strategy is no longer available okay it was deemed to be more of a uh, loophole it was a loophole and it was typically exploited by people who had had more money than, because if you don't have other other monies, you typically file for your social security benefits and start receiving them right away exactly, cause because you need, you the need money. them. You need the money. You need the money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that loophole is closed with this most recent bill, and I think a lot of people uh, will be affected by that. 
You've been at this quite a number of years, huh, Paul? How many years have you been? 31 years. Isn't that something? Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I love it. Love what I do. <laughs> love the people that I work with and love taking care of people and solving problems for them. Excellent. So do you, do you think the upcoming election in 2016 is going to, after that, bring any good news with income tax rates, which seem to be creeping up and up and up? Well, we still have that big old budget deficit and a lot of a lot of things out there from the past that we have to pay for. So I'm not really optimistic that in, that tax rates are going to come down. Have you really changed the way you invest for some people because of the 3.8% add-on for the health care tax? Well, yeah. we haven't really changed things specifically for that one tax, but because mm-hmm. we do experience higher tax rates, a lot of people are paying higher tax rates, we are using slightly different strategies and, and different types of investments to try to minimize that as much as we can. But in the big picture, Richard, I think one showed it, you say uh, compared to 1980, uh, the overall rates right now aren't aren't as horrendous as... Uh, well, yeah, I came into the business when the top marginal rate was 70%. Um, fairly quickly, it got reduced to 50%. Mm-hmm. Now it's 39.6 plus maybe another 3.8 on investment income. Yeah. So what are we squawking about here? <laughs> but then California, we've seen California basically drive up from around 10% to about 13%. Right. Um, so it can it can get really expensive for some of the higher income earners. I think. Yeah, easily um, easily over fifty percent if you live in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It it so yeah. Now, granted, that's not as high as it was once upon a time, right. but but it's not but low. One of the things we say all the time is don't let the tax tail wag the dog. So mm-hmm. if you're paying all that income tax, it means you have a lot of income. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. But then if they track a guy like you down, Richard, I mean, you'll find him a way to save him some money, right? Yeah, we do, although there's situations where people want to pay a lot of tax. Let's assume you're getting your company ready for sale. You tend not to really worry about income tax minimization Mm -hmm. because you don't want to have to explain to a buyer all of these weird things you're doing to take deductions that might be sort of, you know, Mm 50-50. You just want to be able to prove your cash flow really, really quickly and without a lot of discussion. So it it depends. Mm -hmm. Like Paul says, don't let the tax tail wag the dog. It really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Right, and the solutions have to be individualized for each individual circumstance. Mm -hmm. So there's there's no blanket advice that we can give on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. My the other question is is the estate tax, um, which of course is now forty percent. We have two exemptions of about almost, well, for married couples, almost eleven million dollars, a five point four million dollar exemption rounded times two. Do you think that's going to be with us for the rest of eternity? Or oh, boy, that that has changed so much in the past. It's really hard to predict. Yeah. It's, um, you know. I'm sure it's always on the table for discussion. Yeah, because I could see if we have a Republican get elected to the office and House and Senate controlled by Republicans. There's so few taxpayers now who actually pay the estate tax because of the increase in exemption. You have to wonder why, from a public policy standpoint, we're spending all this money to administer it. Right. Um, So it's going to be interesting. And while the, I've been watching the Republican debates, I'm not sure who's going to come out of that mix. <laughs> <laughs> Two other pieces of news I can share with yeah. people that sure. uh, may not be totally pleasant, but one is that Social Security benefits are not going to go up next year. Right. So there's no cost of living increase. And secondly, uh, Medicare premiums are actually going to rise a little bit. Depending on uh, how long you've been inv- involved in Medicare, it could be a 0% increase, it could be a 20% increase, or in some cases, if you're new to Medicare, it might even be a 50% yeah, increase. Yeah, and, and, and they may raise the age before these benefits are available, I think, down the road if, um, you know. For if, Medicare? If, yeah, yeah, and maybe Social Security, too, and I don't know. Right. But, um, well, that's already going up. It's already yeah. gone up, yeah. So for people like Richard and me, it's it's uh, north of 66 now, okay. yeah. and it goes up by two months, I think, every every other year. And every then, other year, two months, yeah. 
Well, I so, think I think we'll, we're going to make it. <laughs> I, I just hope there's anyway, something left for us. Anyway, we have to wrap it right there, uh, Justin. Where's our outro music? Paul, really appreciate it. Yep, yeah, great to be Richard, here, guys. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, uh, Joe. Thank you, Richard. Richard. Yeah, Hearthstone Inc. Uh, com if you want to get a hold of Paul and um, SeniorSafeAndSound.org There you go. So Justin Hart, our board operator, thanks for making us sound terrific. Thank you to Craig Blanke, our account executive, and to Dave Sniff, our programming genius here at KFMB. You have a great week, everybody, and all these podcasts are commercial-free on IYMoney.com. See you next time. Bye-bye.